On this week's episode, we catch up with ourselves. What's a good batting average for movie in a minute? How many clips can we jam into one season finale? And is this the end of our show? Find out now you're listening to the season four finale of 24 Flames Per Second. And welcome to our fourth season finale of 24 Flames Per Seconds, the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. And as always, everybody, I'm your host, Robert Bohorkas, and welcome to the show. Um, we're very excited that we are here reaching this, this milestone. We celebrated 200 episodes and a couple birthdays of the OGs of the show this month. Um, and we're already, uh, we're, ca- we're capping the fourth season finale with the most comprehensive uh, kind of retrospective um, that we've ever that we've ever done for the show. Um, it's 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 super exciting. I just felt like it was the time to uh, to be doing something like like this that you're gonna you're gonna hear some of it's gonna sound just like the season finales we've done before. Um, but uh, we've got some. I, li- okay, I'll say it. We have like forty surprises for you. <laughs> and so um, <clears throat> yeah, um, we're su- super excited that you're uh, that you're here and that you've been um, listening to the show for however, however long you've been listening, whether that's from the very beginning, episode one, The Incredibles, or um, if you just joined us for Big Fish last week, and this is the only second episode you're listening to. Um, but, yeah, everybody, um, very, we're super excited to be reaching Milestone, the end of a fourth season of putting out weekly episodes, excuse me, pretty much without fail. Um, I'm trying to think of a skip. I know we um, we withheld a couple episodes due to just the nature of things um <clears throat> but you, we, those are and I, I mean i can name them on one hand um but i won't because we didn't do them for a reason but anyways yeah and it's um it's just uh exciting it's exciting for for me as the producer of the show and the host of the show and it um and i'll talk more about this after we listen to some clips of stuff but um yeah it feels um it's kind of wild to just be looking back, you know, one a year and a half of the show was done in quarantine, which is, is saying that out loud is wild. But um, it's just uh, <clears throat> just just a, just a milestone. And um, for us and, you know, our listenership isn't the largest podcast listenership out there, but there's still, I mean, um, people that listen to the show and you're one of them if you're hearing this. And so, I, I mean... I can't I can't say it enough, but um, just super excited that you know the arguing the the idea about just arguing about each other with movies, uh, arguing with each other about movies is, um, is is so has been so much fun to do for the past couple for the past few years, and so um, yeah, let's say let's I can quit uh, getting all emotional up in here, um, but let's um, let's dive into some some clips of things. I want to start with. As usual on our in our season finales is kind of looking back at some movie in a minutes, um, and so we'll do a little recap. We'll throw in some clips here, some good ones from the season, um, and then yeah, when we come back, I've got some uh, some other stuff about movie in a minute. I wanna I wanna share. So everybody, um, take a listen here. Some of the best movie in a minutes from season four of the show. Everybody. All right, very good. Um, well, here we go. In three, two, one, go. 
All right, 10 Things I Hate About You, as mentioned, is a modern high school update of Taming of the Shrew. Kat and Bianca are Seattle high school students. Bianca is your typical popular girl. Kat is a little more edgy. Um, and their father makes a rule that Bianca cannot date until Kat dates. Kat, of course, has sworn off dating and men of all kinds. Therefore, this is going to be a problem. Cameron would like to date Bianca and uh, teams up with Michael to form a plot to get uh, Kat a date so that he so that Bianca will be allowed to date. He hires Joey to hire Patrick Verona to take Cat uh, out. So. Patrick starts to take Kat out. Things are going kind of well. Um, uh, a lot of boys are vying for Bianca at the same time. Um, eventually, they all end up at the prom where Kat finds out that Patrick has actually been paid to take her out. This makes her really, really super angry. She breaks up with him um, until she realizes that there actually was a connection there all along and she is able to forgive him. And you're party. out of time, which you were about at the end. Yeah, I would say we could count it. She forgives him is pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a buzzer. Yeah, all it, took, all it takes is a nice Fender Strat. Uh, this time. Bri bribe. Yes, this time. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we'll count it. That's the end of the movie. Woo! Um, and so uh, that is actually the first success of season four. So congrats. Give us the full plot synopsis of Dead Poet Society. Spoilers and all. We'll give you 60 seconds and a three count. Are you ready? I guess. All right. Well, the teacher voice we'll got out. lost real quick. Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, here we go. In three, two, one, go. Dead Poets Society takes place at an all-boys prep school in the 1950s. Um, these boys are all from pretty eclectic backgrounds, but the base level being they're all from really wealthy families who have really high expectations of them. Um, introducing John Keating, their new English teacher who teaches them through radical methods and through poetry, the benefits of nonconformity, uh, and teaches the boys about a group he had back when he attended the school called the Dead Poets Society, where they sit and read poetry and explore art together, which inspired the boys to pursue their passions or to come out of their shells, such as with the student Neil becoming an actor, Todd learning to speak up, Knox pursuing love, um, and the boys do not engage in the way that the adults expect them to behave, leading to pushback on both sides and ultimately the untimely death of Neil through suicide. Um, the school puts pressure on the boys to blame Keating for this, and the boys, one by one, sort of have to turn tide on him, but as a last And show, you're out of time. I wanted to do it. It's alright. Not everybody... So not everybody was good. Was close. Even, even fewer do it on their first try. Give us the full plot synopsis of Twilight. Spoilers and all. We'll give you 60 seconds and a three count. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, well, here we go. In three, <laughs> two, one, go. Okay, so Bella is a high school student who moves to Forks, Washington uh, to go live with her dad for a little bit while her mom is traveling with her new husband. Um, she starts high school and has typical awkward high school girl problems. And uh, she then is introduced to the Cullen family, which is just a family of weirdly supernaturally hot people that go to her school. Um, and she realizes that she has a class with Edward Cullen, one of the, one of the men in that family. And he seems really repulsed by her for some reason. Um, 
Um, so she thinks she that he hates her. Then he saves her from getting hit by a truck, and she notices that he moved too fast to be super to be normal. So. Long story short, she confronts him, uh, discovers that he is a vampire, and that uh, the reason that he stays away from her is because he can't resist her blood. But that just makes them want each other more, so they fall in love, start dating. Uh, she starts hanging out with the Cullen family, but then they run into a group of nomadic vampires who've been killing people in the area. They discover that the Cullens are- And you're are, out oh of time. God. No! I, that was probably one of the better ones that I've done. And right I still, the I, end. I, I right don't there. think I've ever. I don't think I've ever succeeded at this. One That's day. okay. That's okay. One day. One day. Uh, but yeah, give us the uh, give us the full plot synopsis of It Follows. Spoilers and all. And we'll give you 60 seconds and a three count. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Well, let's do this thing. Uh, here we go. In three, two, one, go. All right. So the, the movie is about Jay. She's a 1920-something uh, living in some you know, beat up town somewhere. And so she's going on a date with this hot guy, Hugh. And, you know, they uh, they have sex in his car and then he chloroforms her and is like, oh, hey, by the way, um, I actually passed down an STD curse to you and you're going to get chased by this strange entity who will, you know, lumber toward you with a bunch of creepy faces and maybe urinating itself. Um so, and if you want to survive this, you got to pass it down to someone too. So she, you know, tries to convince her friends that this is happening. Uh, they sort of, you know, realize that it is, you know, they try to track down Hugh, who turns out to actually be this guy named Jeff and figure out more. He's like, nope, sorry, no can do. You just got to pass it on to someone else. So they, um, you know, try and run away from it. That doesn't work. They try to trap it in a pool that they want to electrocute, but that doesn't work either. So basically, you know, they all just kind and of... And you're out of time. Ah, I always, like, get to the very last scene, and then I, and then time runs out. Uh, it's almost like it's a perfectly engineered game. Um, yeah, it's almost like it's rigged. <laughs> nope. And we are going to start the same way we always start, um, with movie in a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they um, always forget. They always forget. Two and a half hours long. Um, and so, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's give us the full plot synopsis of Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, spoilers and all. And we'll give you 60 seconds and a three count. Are you ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. All right. Um, well, here we go. In three, two, one, go. New governor of Jamaica is sailing to Port Royal with his daughter, and they come across a shipwreck where they find a uh, young boy is the only survivor, Will Turner, and uh, he has a medallion around his neck that will play an important part later. Uh, the daughter decides to hide the fact that he's got this pirate medallion because she thinks that it will get him in trouble, and she catches her first glimpse of the Black Pearl. Uh, eight or ten years or so later, uh, they are adults, Will is a blacksmith's apprentice. She is um, set to possibly marry uh, a captain who's becoming a commodore. She faints at his ceremony because her corset is too tight and ends up in the water, at which point we uh, have Captain Jack Sparrow jumping into the water to save her. He gets captured because he's a pirate. And shit, I've lost my train of thought already. <laughs> um, he gets captured. He manages to escape and has a confrontation with Will, who... Um, manages to kind of stave him off until he can be knocked out and, and actually arrested. And you're out of time. 
Welcome to so act, the middle of Act One. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see. I'm gonna try so to much keep. Happened. I'm gonna try to keep this as simple as I was kind of able to on my notes. So, Quasi, first thing, same as always, we'll do a movie in a minute. Give us the full plot synopsis of Casino Royale. Spoilers and all. We'll give you 60 seconds and a three count. Uh, Are you ready? We'll see. Okay. (laughs) Um, Anybody play some bets on if Quasi can do it or not? I believe Bet the over. Bet the over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, very good. Uh, Well, here we go. In three, two, one, go. James Bond is the newest 007 for MI6. It's five of the license to kill. He gets sent to um, the Bahamas to to uncover the plot of a, t- uh, a potential terrorist plot. And through unearthing that, he realizes that a bomb is about to blow up in Miami. He goes to Miami. He disables the bomb just at the right minute so this airline doesn't blow up. But this extra villain, Le Chiffre, was betting on the, set up the thing so he could profit off of terrorism and use criminals' money to profit. Because it didn't happen, he had to set up a high-stakes poker game at the Casino Royale in Montenegro. Bond goes to try and win all the money he does win all the money but through that uh this crazy game of ups and downs and twists and turns he almost dies the shifa kidnaps him tries to torture it out of him but an extra villain who the shifa borrowed money from kills him in the process james bond and the accountant who traveled with the money vesper lind try to escape after falling in love they try and go to vienna but then he realizes that vesper lind stole all the money he she he goes to try and find him she realized that he's uh, she's working with the, with the organization that killed bond he tries to save her but doesn't and kills everyone in the process and then he now realizes that he needs to go and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was hoping. You, I mean, oh I think, God. I think was, we'll count it because that was, that was yeah. pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. That was close. That was close. I, th- I if think that I'm, final sentence was like a basketball flying through the air, yeah. it would have counted. Yeah. <laughs> and then it killed. Yeah. fingers are off at the buzzer. We'll see what happens when it goes in. <laughs> how this goes first things first we got movie in a minute um and so let's uh let's get the full plot synopsis of ice age spoilers and all uh from you and we'll give you 60 seconds and a three count are you ready sure i I guess um (laughs) okay well very good um here we go in three two one go all right, our movie is bookended by Scrat. He is some kind of squirrel-like creature who uh, causes a big avalanche by trying to bury his single acorn in the ice. Um, this leads us to meeting Sid. He's a ground sloth. His whole family left him, and everyone's migrating to get away from the Ice Age. Uh, he has a run-in with some rhinos and is saved by Manny, who is a woolly mammoth, and kind of decides to tag along with Manny moving forward. In the meantime, there is a pack of saber-toothed tigers. One of them is Diego. They're trying to uh, get revenge on a pack of Neanderthals who killed some of their pack. Um, and Diego tries to uh, corner the woman who has the baby that they want to eat as revenge. And she goes over a waterfall. The baby lives and is rescued by Manny. And so Diego joins up with their herd, pretending to be on their side when really he's trying to eat the baby uh, for his pack And leader. you're out of time. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so much harder. Oh, than no. The movie Casey is has been set up. Casey is eating it up long. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wanted all the new ones. <laughs> yeah, give us the uh, the full plot synopsis of Call Me By Your Name, spoilers and all, and we'll uh, give you 60 seconds and a three count. Are you ready? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Very good. Um, here we go in three, two, one, go. Elio is living a uh, ideal uh, life in the northern Italian uh, countryside, and um, his father, who is a professor of some sort, um, uh, takes on um, borders during the summer, and Oliver um, shows up. Uh, Elio and Oliver uh, flirt uh, for a very, very long time, and then eventually get together um, for a brief hot moment. Um, and I'm glossing over so much. Um, and then eventually Oliver goes back to America where he's from. Um, and then uh, we end with Hanukkah and uh, Oliver telling Elio that he's getting married. And that's sort of the end of the movie as uh, Elio um, stares off wistfully into the fireplace. And with five seconds to spare, you did it. Movie in a minute. Complete. Um, well, very good. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's lots of summertime activities that we missed. Yes. And so let's uh, let's get things going. We'll start with the same way we always start. First things first, we do movie in a minute. Um, and so Evan will uh, get the full plot synopsis, spoilers and all, of A Muppet Christmas Carol uh, from you. And we'll give you 60 seconds and a three count. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, well, here we go. In three, two, one, and go. The Marlies were dead. That is what we know. At the same time, we also know that there is a person called uh, Ebenezer Scrooge who is known to be the biggest jerk in all of England at the time that is known to be shrewd, um, uncaring about others, and non-charitable, uh, keeping only to himself, loving the dark. He is known to be pretty much the worst person alive at this point. Um, during this time, he begins to have hallucinations of his old partners, Marlies, who come and visit him, telling him that his path to life is wrong and that he'll be meted by three spirits in order to help fix his life. Um, along this time, he meets the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future, um, who all teach him uh, valuable life lessons about how he has uh, brought himself into this uh, terrible spiraling hole of uh, despair and deceit until he eventually meets um, several people along the way that help give him spirit, which then he becomes a much better person and brings himself into the better eye of everyone around him and becoming an extremely good and charitable and person. And you're out of time. We'll count it because it's pretty much it. He's a changed man. And um, it's Christmas. What does that mean? Generosity of spirit. I don't have to yeah, give you anything <laughs> when it comes to movie you, in a minute. You Scrooge. Wow. Just listen, man. It's not how it works around here, okay? <laughs> Give us the full plot synopsis of Jackass the movie. Spoilers and all. <laughs> and uh, I will give you uh, 60 seconds and a three count to uh, do whatever you think summarizes the movie. Um to say, I should clarify, to say whatever you think summarizes the movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, let's let's get into it. Okay, great. Um, here we go. In three, two, one, go. 
Jackass the movie is the movie version of an MTV show where Johnny Knoxville, Bam Margera, Chris Pontius, Steve-O, Ryan Dunn, and, and others, but that's the core cast, performed a series of stunts, usually hurting themselves, sometimes pranking unwitting people out in society. And so this is the first movie of that, and they... They go through a number of, I think, sometimes painful, sometimes gross stunts, um, but always funny. And it's bookended by a by kind of a, a massive like cart stunt um, at the start, and at the end has kind of a similar thing, but them in old man makeup, um, kind of making a fake movie called Son of Jackass. Um, I think that's it. That's pretty much. That's a pretty good summation of what the thing is. Um, we'll 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 give it to you, um, just because like what was that gonna be, right? Give us the full plot synopsis of Big Fish. Spoilers and all. We'll give you sixty seconds and a three count. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. In three, two, one, go. A journalist, Will Bloom, attempts to separate fact from fiction in the tall tales told by his storyteller father, Edward, eventually realizing the truth is somewhere in between. That's it. End of movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't give him the horns. Don't Why? give him the horns. That's Come the on. plot of the movie. That's the, that's the one line from IMDb. <laughs> I call foul, I wrote that myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> call me a plagiarist. <laughs> I you myself admit- am named... I myself am named Will, and I'm also a journalist. I'm going to go punch my dog in the face again. Real <laughs> yes. All right. Well, yeah, I love those, man. I love, I love Movie in a Minute. It's one of the best. It's my favorite... Probably my favorite little piece of the show is... Um, is movie is movie in a minute just because uh you know uh, there's movies that we've done on the show that i had never seen before and i feel like i've seen a good chunk of movies not more than a lot of people but um some and so that's that's how we get you in is we tell you what the whole movie is as quick as we can um but yeah let me um let me tab over here to my list of we move we've audited all the movie in a minutes from the show, um, and we've got some good, some a couple stats. I just want to share. I want to recognize some folks, um, and so y- yeah. Let me uh, let me look at this list list real quick. I just want to shout out a couple folks that have been on the most episodes of the show as part of a panel, um, and so that means you know may, they maybe haven't they haven't done movie in a minute every time, but um, yeah. So let me see here. So. Um, the in terms of episode count, people who've appeared on the most episodes, and if you're listening to this, you know already, or I mean, if you're part of the show and you're listening to this, I already announced these in our Slack. But um, yeah, we've got number one, the person who has uh, defended and roasted the most is our good buddy Ian Coleman, who's been on 56 episodes of the show. That's more than a quarter of. That's more than 25 percent, a fourth of all the episodes we've ever done. Um, and he has also uh, defended the most movies, too, um, at a whopping 18. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, yeah, Ian Coleman is a, is a longtime buddy of mine, um, and he is our Godzilla expert and teacher of the children. And so um, just want to recognize that. And then second place, I'll also say somebody else that broke 50 episode appearances is, uh, is our co-host and good friend Casey Rom, um, who's been on 52 episodes. Ian's 56, Casey's 52. Um, 
And then I couldn't not mention who has the highest uh, batting average for moving a minute um, by 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 at least in sheer numbers um, by far um, is Chris Pepperhambrick, who's been on the show. 31 times, not counting co-hosting, um, and uh, and her batting average, her average success rate is uh, 77 percent. It's almost 79 percent, which is wild. And and then I couldn't help but pat myself and Will on the back, who've been around the longest, um, technically. Um, but but yeah, we we both technically are undefeated at moving in a minute. <laughs> but um, it's uh, if anybody. Um, between the two of us deserves more recognition. It's Will, who's done it five times and still has not failed. Um, I've done it three times, haven't failed, but two of those are back to the future. So um, that's not quite as much of an achievement. <laughs> no, I know it's not as much of an achievement. Um, but, but yeah, everybody, there's a lot of people floating around between the 40% and 60% um, success rate in our, in our little pool. Um, and so, yeah, that's... Um, Congrats to everybody who has done it. There's only a few people who've never done it that have been on the show, you know, more than like five times or something. Um, and we'll keep those. I'll keep those secret and keep them safe so that we don't have to spare, um, not to give out, dole out any embar- embarrassment here on the season finale. Um, I will say, Quasi, God love him, has done the thing 13 times, has only won it once, which is, you know, he's, his heart's in it, and that's all that matters. Um, and so, yeah, everybody, that's some so moving a minute stats for you. Um, and yeah, I think um, let's see. Let me roll. Let me roll into some other stuff. Um, and so, yeah, kind of the other piece of this season finale this year. Um, there have been a lot of folks. There have been forty people who have appeared um, on a panel of twenty-four flames per second since the beginning of the show, not counting guests. Um, and so, I just want to shout out. Um, couple of those guests because they don't appear in this episode but you know we had a lot of fun working working with them and having them on the show when they were on the show on the you know crossover episodes or or what have you a promotional thing or um or whatever where we had them over here arguing with each other um and uh yeah so those guests are um Let's see. The first one we did was the boys over at the Beyond the Ball podcast, which is a Pokemon podcast produced by um, some great and longtime friends of the show, um, Will and Brayden. Um, you know who you are if you're listening to this, and they um, and yeah, I've known known them since middle school, um, and they uh, yeah they were here doing the Pokemon the first movie with us um, back in season two I think, um, and then let's see who who else we've had um, the pl- the guys at the Plant Daddy podcast uh, Matthew and Stephen uh, who were on for Annihilation which was a lot of fun back when we did that I think that was also in season two, um, and then season three we did um, we did School of Rock with um, the band Impulse Control who is another another longtime friend Tim Durier. Um, who I've also known since middle school, <laughs> um, but but yeah, a lot of a lot of good friends have come through, um, and it's been a lot of fun to have some guests. Um, but on to kind of the main event here, uh, we went. Uh, we I say we, I mean I um, went through our list, surveyed everybody who's appeared on the show, um, and was able to get. Just about everyone, with a couple um, exceptions of folks that just was not able to get in touch to. But we have a nice, uh, a nice little collection of um, everyone who has been on the show in some regard. Um, 
with uh, I've been calling them uncontested hot takes. So everyone gets to come. Everyone's gotten to come and just throw their opinion of some movie we have not done on the show before out on the table, and uh, and you, nobody and they didn't have to argue with anybody about it, which. Um, is a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun, and so yeah, everyone. We've we've got a list of episodes of the show that we could do that is over is almost eight hundred movies long, and you know, obviously, I mean, that's what is that? Uh, Sixteen years of episodes if we did them all, um, and we add to it, you know, often. So um, you know, this is uh, there's there's more movies than we'll ever be able to do on the show, and um, this was a way to get to take a big forty movie sized chunk out of that list um and uh and just and just get to reconnect and talk to everybody who has been on the show in the past um and so you're going to hear some voices you have not heard since season one um you're going to hear some voices you only heard one time but um it's uh still uh, been a lot of fun to reconnect with you know all the people that help make this show what it is and um especially during you know here we're at the the tail end of um, a responsible quarantine in America. Um, and it's just been nice to touch base with people and, you know, make sure everyone's hanging in there and, um, and just to, you know, connect for 10, 15 minutes and talk movies again. Um, when, you know, the the world is a place where, you know, you, you gotta keep your, keep your head above water and there's not always time to come be on a podcast every week, which is fine. And yeah, I mean, just shout out to all these folks. Um, you'll you'll hear their names as they go. Um, but we've got we've got thirty eight, thirty nine of the forty clips that we could have um, coming up here. That uh, we got all these uncontested hot takes for you, everybody. For kind of this is what our our season finale is here. And so um, yeah, I just want to shout out and thank you again to all these folks that have have come and. You know, played movie argument with us, um, roasted, defended. Um, I, I always ask people when they come on the show, you know, tell me, give me the list of movies that you feel strongly about, um, whether that's, oh, I love them for this reason or I hate them for this reason. Um, and so this is distilled down. This is the pure, <laughs> the pure energy of the show here um, in clips from all of our friends that have um, have been on 24 flames per second over the four seasons that we've been doing the show. Um, and so, yeah, but without any further ado, I feel like I could talk and and just <laughs> regale everyone with thanks forever. But um, without any further ado, here are our hour, and when I say hour, it's a collective, the royal hour, um, our, uh, our hot takes on 40, on 40 movies that we have not done on the show yet. Here we go. Hi, my name is Amy Williams. I'm a film festival programmer and self-proclaimed piece of shit nerd. And The Rocker, starring Rain Wilson, has a stacked cast and was ahead of its time. My name is Brian Glinski. I am a filmmaker and a Santa's Pub fan. And Seven is the most purposely edgy, grim, dark, try-hard script out there. And the good direction completely masks how shallow it actually is. Hi there, I'm Dylan Gervais, a theatrical collaborator and administrator. Captain Fantastic successfully balances being a whimsical family comedy, an intense family drama, and an indictment of both an American corporate capitalism and the extreme off-the-grid brand of escapism. My name's Griff Gustafson, longtime listener, first-time caller, and I think that Intolerable Cruelty by the Coen Brothers is one of their best films. 
It gets poo-pooed in too many circles for being one of their worst movies. I think it is one of their best movies for character development, writing, and scenery of the Hollywood landscape. Hi, I'm Roxy Ewing, local artist and nature lover. Notting Hill is overrated. People only like that Hugh Grant isn't gross in it. My name is Jake Ferg. I'm a comedian. Children of Men is a masterpiece, and Disheveled Clive Owen is the hottest Clive Owen. I'm Lucas Chapel, cinematographer and film school dropout. Everyone thinks I should like The Kids Are Alright because I have two moms and a sister, but I don't because the male teenage characters are oversimplified cliches and I don't care about connecting with my long-lost dad. Hi, this is Stephanie Malone. I'm a producer and documentary filmmaker. Paddington 2 is the best movie of all time and Hugh Grant as the dastardly Phoenix Buchanan was robbed and should have received Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. I'm Genevieve Ferrari, I'm a stand-up comedian. I absolutely hated Knives Out. A lot of knives, but not enough stabbing. I wanted to see Jamie Lee Curtis get stabbed in the eye by Tony Collette as they fight over an antique vase, and all I got was Chris Evans in a tight sweater. I'm Castle Cook local vintage stylist and I hate everything Jack Black has ever done except for The Holiday because I'm obsessed with Kate Winslet and it's my mom's favorite. Hello, my name is Mario Miguel Arallo Molinero. I'm the artistic director of Jet City Improv um, and I'm also a local activist in, in town and Beasts of the Southern Wild is the all-time greatest improvised and devised show in film history while tackling major issues regarding Hurricane Katrina. It also uplifted the actor Dwight Hendry who had no acting training and um, is one of the most underrated actors of all time. I'm Alyssa Yeoman, stand-up comedian and co-host of the Leafly podcast, The Roll-Up. Thunder Force is one of the most underrated movies of all time. People were not ready to see bigger-bodied women in this role, and the crab scene was for true comedy fans only. This is John Boy from The Prairie Fire, and Dirty Dancing is the movie equivalent of shitty 80s doo-wop. Hi, I'm Ben Scott, VHS fanatic. The Big Short is basically the 2008 housing crisis for dummies, and I am a huge sucker for anything Steve Carell. Hi, I'm Maureen Armstrong, reader and eater, and 1987 classic Adventures in Babysitting is a ridiculous movie, but it's chock full of thrills. Hey, this is Nate Sautel, a filmmaker and movie watcher, and Face Off is hands down the best action movie of the 90s. I'm Chris Quillacy, actor, director, and new cat dadder. I want to know why everyone is sleeping on the movie About Time. Do yourself a favor and watch this beautiful British time travel movie. I'm Sammy Furman, the Slammin' Salmon, educator and dog mom, and I think the Fast and the Furious series is the greatest movie franchise ever. I'm Alex Garamoni, theater educator, Disney fan, and Zac Efron expert, and uh, Zac, he peaked in High School Musical. Hi, I'm Amy Gang, actor, director, and theater Swiss Army Knife, and Hairspray 2007 took a beautifully queer John Waters film and turned it into bubblegum bullshit and put John Travolta in a fat suit for some reason. This is Rob Joins. I'm a local musician and VHS collector, and the Harry Potter movies are bad. That's it. All of them. They're all bad. 
Hi, I'm Riley Scott, Seattle's resident nerd, and Dune is impossible to adapt faithfully into a satisfying movie. And while it was dumb for David Lynch to make Paul the goddamn Dovahkiin instead of a kung fu guy, it's probably the most faithful spiritually to the book you can physically do. I'm Kevin Connor, film festival programmer and film festival lover, uh, and Magic Mike XXL, skip the first one, just watch the second one, it's way hotter. Hi, I'm Jacob Foltz, filmmaker and editor. Please, Batman, stab your batsuit nipples into my ears so I never have to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger's terrible ice puns again. Batman and Robin sucks ice. Hi, I'm Brian Tapes, theater dad and teacher of your children. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is the most influential film on current and future class clowns. I'm Maddie Vonhoff, film and political activist, and Godzilla vs. Kong was so boring, I didn't care who won, I just cared that it was over. Hi, I'm Grayson Hay, a director of photography and aerialist in Seattle, and Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is the best superhero movie ever created. Hi, I'm Alexandra Colero, Seattle cinephile, and I love Galaxy Quest. It proves there is a use for narcissistic actors. They can save you from murderous aliens. Hey, this is Evan Christopher, actor and DM to the stars. I just want to say that Trick or Treat is one of the best underrated Halloween anthology films uh, that has the best way to interconnect four short stories into one major plot that John Carpenter only wished his anthology could have been. Hi, I'm Cody Olson, filmmaker and political activist. I think the 2005 film Sahara, The Adventure Vehicle, starring Matthew McConaughey, is an absolutely terrific movie that deserves its own franchise. I'm Ian Coleman, writer, teacher of your children and Godzilla expert, and Terminator 1 is better than Terminator 2. I'm Katie Bennett, I'm a video game journalist and horror movie expert, and Signs is M. Night Shyamalan's best movie, and no, I will not be providing any context on that. Hi, I'm Chris Pepper Hambrick, actor and producer. The reboot Star Trek films have a worldview and ethical outlook that are antithetical to the worldview and ethics of all previous Star Trek franchises. Hi, I'm Casey Rom. I'm the co-producer of Seattle's The Moth and a storyteller myself. Uh, Lost in Translation sucks. It offends me that so many people assume that because I like to travel, I must love a movie about people who complain about being in Japan after like two days in a nice hotel and then proceed to spend the rest of their time there being boring together. Hi, I'm Kwesi Phillips. I'm an actor and designer. Pain and Gain was so bad, it ruined Gangster's Paradise for me. I don't care how hot Marky Mark looks curling iron in Michael Bay saturation, that doesn't give it the right to ruin one of the greatest songs of the 90s for me. Uh, my name is Will. I did not watch the movie this week. The Thief and the Cobbler is better than Aladdin. It took 29 years to make. It holds a Guinness World Record, and it is a better movie. Ooh, 
doggy, and I'll, I'll get to mine in a second. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I hope hope you enjoyed that. That's kind of that's the show. Um, and so I just want to before we before I get off here, want to tell you all that the show is not ending. It sounds it very much sounds like we're not doing twenty four police per second anymore, but we are. Um, we're gonna keep doing it. But uh, kind of the what next season is gonna look like, which we're taking a week off next week. Um, just to have a break, and uh, we'll be back on the in the first week of July with um, the start to season five, um, which we don't know the movie yet. We've been we've been slowly progressing in 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 movie rating G PG PG thirteen R, um, and I don't know what we're gonna do for season five yet. I don't think we're gonna do an NC seventeen movie, but I don't know yet. Um, and so yeah, everybody will be back on July seventh with a movie, but. Uh, <laughs> Next season, um, we are we are dialing back a little bit. We're moving from weekly to biweekly. Every other week, there will be a new episode instead of rather every week. Um, and one of those episodes will be produced by me, which is, an, is normal, the usual. Um, same old, same old, 24 Flames. Um, and we're adding a couple little surprises in there. Um, I've got an idea uh, for a new piece that would go be- right before we unmask. Um, and it's called Best Thing, Worst Thing. And so it'll be everybody gets a chance to say best thing and the worst thing about um about the movie we're talking about that they thought so give a chance before we unmask and everyone makes themselves known give a chance and kind of a, a reach across the aisle for um for the panels to to both defend and roast it real quick before we unmask um and so yeah we did a little bit of that on the dope episode um a couple weeks ago and so we'll make that kind of a quick little part of the show also um and some other some other surprises that you know the show's always changing well that's not true but um we're always making it better so um we'll see we might uh, add some more fun and games in maybe make this a little bit more of a game show um but yeah so there's so there's that next season and then the other episode every month is going to be a flame off episode hosted um by quasi um and that's um you heard that on my birthday episode that format this this season um we did back to the or we did best time travel movie and i came in for back to the future so that flame off format is coming as well and so every month there will be a normal episode a flame off episode um and i am also planning on uh adding another show to my raw producing another show um got a lot of ideas and kicking around with some folks so stay tuned for that. That'll be premiering at some point soon as well. Um, and yeah, just um, that's what I'm hoping to do is, you know, dial back 24 Flames a little bit, turn up the heat on another one. Um, and and yeah, everybody. So that's the exciting thing that's coming in season five is that there is still a show and new and different things on the way. Just to keep it, just, you know, every every four or five years, just, you know, you reinvent yourself a little bit. That's how we, that's how we stay alive. That's how we keep going. Um, and so, yeah, just before um, I give my uncontested hot take, um, I just want to say one more time, thank you to everybody that helps make this show possible. Um, and we heard from all of you. It was great to talk to you all again for some first time in a couple years um, due to distance or quarantine or whatever. Um, and and some that I we talk to on almost every episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, producing the show has become uh, one of... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a considerable driving force in my in my life now. And I was feeling kind of burnt out by filmmaking. Twenty Four Flames gave me a project to really focus on that um, didn't is not time or budget intensive as making movies. Um, and so this is my next favorite thing is just to argue with people about movies. And 
uh, it's a lot of fun. And I, can't, I gotta thank um, Stephanie Malone and Kevin, who are the originators of the idea of the show. Um, if you want to know more, go back to Forrest Gump. Go back to the Forrest Gump episode. Um, Stephanie Malone, Kevin Connor. I don't know if I said his full name, um, but he's he's an important person that deserves to have his full name said. Um, and uh, yeah, and thanks to, um, of course, thanks to um, Will Paulson who started the show with me back in 2017. Um, and then of course, and then of course, I just keep saying of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, thanks to uh, all the co-hosts that we've got on the show. So that's Quasi Phillips, it's Kevin Connor. Um, Katie Bennett, Chris Pepper Hambrick, and Casey Rom, um, who help keep the show moving for me when it's happening, also. <laughs> um, but yeah, they all they all bring their own interesting and unique perspectives to our show. Um, and I argue that they are that, that the co-host is more important to the show than I am. <laughs> um, which is debatable, but everything is here on 24 Flames per second. Um, and so yeah, everybody, thanks so much. Um, my name is Robert Bohorkis. I'm the host and producer of 24 Flames Per Second, a filmmaker and a record collector. And UHF, the Weird Al movie from the 80s, <laughs> is the greatest parody movie of all time. Um, it sends up Rocky, Gandhi, uh, Rambo. Wait, no, I take it back, it doesn't do Rocky. Um, it sends up Gandhi, Conan the Barbarian, game shows, TV, talk shows, um, it, it's got it all. And, you know, that's that's the line in the song. UHF, we got it all. Um, and so, yeah, I recommend everybody go watch UHF if, you, if you're if you missing out and you don't know. Um, I promise you it's worth your while. And, yeah, everybody, this uh, this episode of 24 Flames Per Second was produced and hosted by me, Robert Bohorkas, co-hosted by all the same folks that co-host everything. And the panels this week was literally everybody. Should I read the list? I won't read the list. They all just said their names. Um, our show music, uh, our show. We have two different show musics this time. Our, sh- our original show music and theme is composed and produced and performed by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. And our not new version, but our special version in this episode um, was remixed and composed by Curtis Skinny Skinner um, and everybody. Our network and co-op Party Fish Media, which came about due to this show. Um, is produced by Quasi Phillips, Will Paulson, and myself. Everybody, we'll catch you in two weeks for the premiere of Season 5. And uh, thanks again for listening. Um, if you want to help support the show as we move into a fifth year, you can head to patreon.com slash 24flamespod and find too many goodies to handle over there. Um, everybody, so yeah, we, we'll... Not next week, we'll see you, but the week after for something that's going to be... I'm not ready. But, yeah, everybody, um, take it easy. We will talk to you all soon. Um, Bye! Bye!
Fish Media. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.